Chris's wardrobe provided by $6shirt.com. One time a man fell off of his toilet and he sketched something and I'm wearing it on my shirt and it doesn't look like poop. Good night. I'm sad because uh, after a recent podcast of ours, I got a little excited about maybe just using the Canadian Craigslist to find like an old Mackie board or something like that, a little something to play with. <laughs> yeah. You know, and bring more into it. And uh, I found one and it was kind of pricey and I don't work. So I was like, eh. <laughs> And then I found a Tascam board that was kind of like a digital board for podcasting and things. So it still only had like two inputs, maybe three. Sure. Yep. And it was like 60 bucks. And I was like, oh, come on. I've got to buy this. And then <laughs> uh, we did the next podcast. And I was like, eh, I could probably, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll let it go for now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I my um so there's a board that I am looking at buying. I'm trying to remember what it is. I think I know it's Mackie. I think it's the Mackie 1802i or something like that or 180 something or other i. And uh it's got um no, it's not 18, it's going to be 16. Because they have a they have like a four channel board, a six an eight channel board, and a sixteen channel board. Um, right. And mine, it, the one that I'm looking at, I think is uh, is an eight channel board, but it has two aux um, two aux outputs on it, an aux one and an aux two. And so the nice thing about that is the like my my goal setup is to have um, one computer that's just the Skype computer. And it's what I dial you on, and then I get your audio back on that as well. That runs into the board, and so it ta it also takes its audio off of one of the auxes on the board. Uh, because then I could have two Skype computers, which would mean two guests. They'd be able to hear each other, but they wouldn't get their own audio back um, through, the, through configuring the aux sends. Um, and then I could record all three tracks at the same time as well, which would save uh, heaps on editing, you know, two guest, two guest ones where it's, you know, you and Dan or you and Jonah or whoever. Um, right. And I can just record everybody at once. And then I would also have a lot more control over what those levels look like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Sweet. Yeah, I was looking at boards on... Uh... B and H photo for a while too, just to see what new ones were like. So, yeah, They're there's a cheap. couple of yeah, <laughs> there's a couple of sort of like podcasting quote unquote ones like by what is it Behringer or something that are just a couple of inputs and right yeah they had some but they were all like you know whatever the price was it was like or for the same price you can get this kit with like a microphone and that and yeah, software yeah. and I was like I don't need all of that. <laughs> and they were all like kind of pricey so I was like, "Yeah." Yeah. Yeah, I would want um the Mackie ones are kind of cool because they also have uh FireWire um output out of them, which of course my iMac is, I think, of the last generation that actually has a FireWire 800 on it. So I could jack 
the firewire directly in and then audition would see all three all of the tracks that I choose to record would show up as individual tracks in audition and I don't know if it does anything like control surfacey I don't I don't think it's that kind of thing I think it's really just uh audio in and out uh on over firewire but uh that would still be um a good thing to have <laughs> so for your podcasting empire yes for my for my podcasting empire that i'm slowly building uh a yes. podcast of one <laughs> an, an <laughs> empire of one <laughs> be a stormtrooper an empire of one it's just your it's your next um step at work actually is uh you know you yeah. started out yeah. as sort of like jack of all trades and moved into the development and then then you'll just happen to mention to a few of the financial clients there that um who do podcasts that you have a podcasting studio then they'll come do their shows with you and next thing you know like that's all you do at work is podcasting <laughs> right i'm just hosting i'm just hello and welcome to planet money uh right not on npr planet money copyright npr <laughs> 2014 <laughs> <laughs> this is my big idea for uh my big idea for sponsorship i was listening to a podcast and they had recently got two new sponsors okay and of course when you get a sponsor right like then then you get the coveted awesomeness of your podcast name being the coupon code yes so i was like we should just mention a website and then say, put in uh, Montreal sauce as the coupon code. And then when it doesn't work, <laughs> all of our fans will be angry at that website. And That's then they'll right. be like, oh, I guess we have I to sponsor I guess we should sponsor guys. them and make that code work. <laughs> <laughs> so go to squarespace.com for 10% off of your hosting plan. Uh, Squarespace is the all-in-one solution for creating a website for your mom uh, to blog at. So uh, go there. They have plans or, starting at just $9 a month. And use the offer code wares. SAUCY. <laughs> <laughs> My mom, one of our only listeners, didn't get that joke. <laughs> and now she's putting in the code. That's, that's right. Saucy. And unfortunately, because I said the code is saucy, it actually doesn't really have enough of a direct reference to Montreal sauce that they'll know who that is. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll just nice. have to I'll just have to reach out and say, hey Squarespace, we did a fake read for you. <laughs> the offer code is saucy. You don't have to give us any money. <laughs> right. But Chris's mom is starting a blog, so give her ten percent off, please. Exactly. And then then they will um they will say we can't, uh, you know, offer you anything, but we'll host Montreal Sauce's website, and then you'll be like, "No, this is much harder to upload than just with my script." <laughs> right? I'll be like, "You don't understand Squarespace. I just take a markdown file and type three keys, and then it's like it's published. <laughs> That's it. And it works yes. with HuffDuffer out of the box." There's, what he said. There's nothing fancy to do. Huff Duffer. Have you used a Huff Duffer at all? 
I have not. I was just thinking I saw a marker the other day and it was huge. And I was like, I would love to huff that marker, but I think we're talking about different things. <laughs> it was at the dollar store. I was with my wife because that's where teachers get supplies. And I was like, look at that. This is the dollar store. That's a giant source of huffing right there. <laughs> nice. But I guess that shows my age. Kids don't huff things anymore. That's right. Bath salts. <laughs> I'm not encouraging any of that. What is Huff Duffer? So Huff Duffer is a website uh, centered, I guess it's kind of around podcasting. It's not, I guess it probably didn't really start necessarily for podcasting. It's probably just like, here's some found audio on the web and I want to put it into an RSS feed so I can create a podcast of it, of things that I find on the web. Um but hmm. as a corollary to that, it's become sort of like if you want to sample a podcast, you could you find the you find the web page that has like the play here or download the MP3 link on it, and then Huffduffer gives you a bookmarklet that lives in your you know your bookmarks bar, and you hit the Huffduff it button. and then it fills in a form that kind of automatically finds the MP3 link on the page and adds it into your Huffduffer stream. So I am Paul D. on Huffduffer, and you can, if you want to, subscribe to my list of things that I am going about the internet Huffduffing, if you want to listen to the things that I am interested in listening to. Or you can start your own account and uh, sample podcasts by going to the pages for their episodes and hitting Huffduff it, and uh, you'll get MP3s via your own custom podcast that you curate. But how does Huffduffer make money? Do they have a premium account? Uh, I don't know. I was just wondering. You just plugged them. I thought we could give a sponsor code for them, too. Yeah, we could. <laughs> Huffduffer.com. Uh, open up a... Uh... <laughs> Why not? Why not? The, the code is Paul D. Uh, and the button is labeled subscribe. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking at Huffduffer.com, and I actually don't even see any uh like ads or anything on it um i think it's just uh i think it's just for the most part a free thing wow which is kind of cool and it's by uh jeremy i think his last name is keith but i could be wrong <laughs> his at, at adactio on uh on twitter I totally want to see that birth certificate. <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> so many E's. Yes, Keith. Jeremy Keith. Ha. Adactio. A-A-D-A-C-T-I-O. Adactio. Jeremy Keith. Boom. The Huff Duffer. I, it's interesting, like, not only to become, like, a, a, an excellent startup um, do you need like the crew and the awesome idea, but you also need a unique word, probably when you create it so you can copyright it like Twitter. Yes. And Google. Yes. But can you combine words and then copyright them or does it have to be a made up word? Uh, 
No, I think you can combine words. I don't know if you can copyright them uh, or trademark them. I think you can trademark right. them. Um, but the if it's a word that's already um, more or less in the vernacular, like a, an English word that already... <laughs> ex- sorry. What? No, sorry. I was listening. My brain was just going crazy because I was originally going to say, like, I just want to do something, like, offensive or awful, like... You know, use our new website, Murder Splat. <laughs> so then it becomes part of the everyday vernacular. You know, people don't think twice about it. Like, right. oh, I left Facebook like a year ago. I'm on Murder Splat. Yeah. Just go to clownpenis.fart. <laughs> right. And then it just got worse because I'm like, what's worse than that? And then I was going to be like, uh, Hitler rape. That's the name of our new web service. <laughs> That's the way that's the name of our new web service. <laughs> but you have to that's spell it awful. without any E's. <laughs> right. H I T L R. Oh, it's awful. It is. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Montreal sauce regrets the error and actually totally. the entire episode. Yes. Well you can what you can do is use one of the chicken or pigeon or finch from the last episode and cover that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. Nice. Uh <laughs> I've been listening to it all day, so Yeah. This is actually episode ten. It is. I was gonna come up with something, but uh it was kind of a hairy thing. Not a hairy I have children, but a hairy I have a wife wife who was late for dinner, so Ah. Just ran in here, turned on Skype, and sat down. I didn't get to sit in the green room and prepare for the show and psych myself up. Oh, gotcha. And, of course, we did all the, um, hey, let's figure out the levels this time stuff. <laughs> right. We've been recording for 26 minutes, and the first 15 of it at least will just get chopped right off the front. <laughs> right. This is good for us. When we hit two hours, we'll be like, oh, my God, it's two hours. Let's quit. And then you'll realize it's only a minute or a minute, an hour and a half. <laughs> If it hits a minute of good content, the, it will probably be a record, actually. <laughs> oh, I take that back. We had way more than a minute of good content when we had our friend Dan on. That's true. I was going to actually... Uh, secure jonah for this episode or try to hassle him to get him on and then i noticed in one of my feeds that he was posting an awful lot of pictures from strange places and i was like i think he's back in europe right now (laughs) yeah there's a possibility he's traveling (laughs) (laughs) so then i used that to say i don't need to do i don't need to bother him right now i can continue doing it whatever it is i do (laughs) (laughs) that was code for look at porn on the internet no um sorry honey you're not listening sorry mom oh geez oh boy no i actually had a freelance gig i still do supposedly um that i've been working on so (laughs) until they listen to the podcast (laughs) right uh we wondered why he had all these hitler drawings in his storyboards (laughs) think he could really sell your product oh boy take out all the hitler references and we're down to an hour (laughs) that's that's right it only took us it only took us to episode 10 to get really off the deep end with hitler references (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I was like, what kind of awesome 10th anniversary thing can we do? And I came up with nothing. <laughs> Special guest later, my mom. I'll call her on the bat phone. That's right. We can walk her Put through setting up, up that tomorrow. Squarespace site. <laughs> <laughs> what, I like do you, that. what do you mean the code doesn't work? <laughs> I'm going to get those guys on the phone right now. This is your when you uh, I'll donate to the Mackie board purchase and then um you and I and someone else Jonah, three of us like Jonah will be doing tech support with like somebody's parents and then you and i will be able to talk to jonah but whoever he's talking to won't get to hear all three of us so sure it'll be this hilarious prank show where we'll just tell jonah like things to say (laughs) (laughs) tell them to lay the computer on side (laughs) tell them to get the tub of butter out and rub it gently on the firewire port (laughs) (laughs) now move the sliders <clears throat> just like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh i've already discussed my mom several times but she did mm-hmm. tell me in a recent phone call that uh she had missed two of our episodes so if you are listening and you're not my mom hi welcome to the show also uh <laughs> if you go to the montrealsauce.com site you can scroll down and there's more episodes it's insane it is yeah there's more episodes yeah, you can also subscribe in iTunes, um, mm-hmm. and with your your fancy information phone, uh, or possibly your Android device. Yes, I was gonna post that link again. I will do that shortly because I've noticed that uh, um, because I subscribe to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Note to people who haven't been listening for ten episodes. I like me. <laughs> <laughs> so I subscribe to try the link in my phone and it's just always been subscribed now. So, um, but I will get a podcast in my feed on my phone way before the website is posted online with the new link. I'm just saying like, that's how I roll, I guess. Uh huh. With that link. Totally. It's not because Paul and I are horrible at social media (laughs) and don't post the link. It's just (laughs) right. awesome power of the upload process that Paul does with this crazy script that you can learn about in episode seven. (laughs) (laughs) Episode. Yeah. Uh, I think that's when we were discussing pie crust. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. There's so many episodes, I just don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that's that right. Anniversary. <laughs> Who can keep track? So, uh, I know your daughters are sick. We don't need to discuss your family on the show. That's a horrible invasion of your privacy on this day, the day we <laughs> fight against mass surveillance. Um, but I was going to ask you, uh, have you had any chance besides editing the horrible audio uh that i usually send you to start reading red shirts uh i have yeah i'm about halfway through red shirts now okay so am i and i'll I'll need to start again 
because I was going back and forth between another book and it's been probably a month since I picked it up again. So maybe next episode or the one after we can sort of discuss it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. I'm but liking it I, so far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's a little, I may have mentioned it before. I feel like it's a little bit uh, one dimensional as in like, I don't, I don't know. Like all the characters seem like the same exact person to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I have to keep going. So I just wanted to mention it because I saw a post in my Tumblr feed recently, and I will put a link in the show notes, of course, that FX, uh, I believe, has bought the options and they're going to produce a TV show. <laughs> oh, really? Of Richards? Yeah. Yeah. That should be interesting. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. It'd be cool if they could get some fun cameos, too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be excellent, actually. <laughs> uh, speaking of Star Trek, I recently watched... Oh, dear. It had a really long name. Um, in my documentary circuit, I recently watched a documentary... Oh, it was called We Steal Secrets, the Julian Assange story, or the story of WikiLeaks. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's on Netflix right now. Um but there is a person I wanted to say character because I it's kind of like a character. Um, uh, there's a gentleman who actually um, ratted out the leak for all of the uh, Iraq and Afghanistan war documents that uh, Julian Assange had. Um, and this gentleman, it was a hacker and now a journalist or something like that in his own right. And, he suffers from Asperger's, but uh, he made more than one Star Trek reference. Like <laughs> the reason he said, like one of the reasons that he decided to go ahead and reveal who this person was be was because the good of the many outweighs the good of the one, like they say in Star Trek. And then later on, he's like every good Star Trek captain. And I was like, wow, someone takes Star Trek very seriously. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah but the movie itself was it was one of these uh look at me i'm a flashy documentary mm -hmm. and so i never really felt like they were comfortable in the material like it just felt like they were trying to find excellent ways to present it mm. and i have to say as far as like some of the visuals go um they're fabulous but I just don't think that maybe they were needed in a documentary. Like part of me was like, Hey, documentaries don't have to be talking heads like us right now in Skype. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's good when you use visuals, but um, I don't know. It just was too much. Sure. So it's, it was weird because they did a lot of the conversations between um, this individual, this journalist, and uh, Chelsea Manning, who is used to formerly Brad Manning, who leaked all of the stuff from uh, the military. Um, all their conversations was just text on the screen, nice and simple. Hmm. And it kind of had impact that way. And then, um, but then like a lot of the like transitions or when they talked about the NSA, it was like all of these like, 
zoom, let's zoom around the globe in like uh, a satellite and yeah. zoom down into these places. And I don't know, it was weird. Yeah. It was just a odd mixture, I, I felt. I don't know. Yeah. The the credit sequence was awesome, but... Huh. That also um, seems like if that's specifically what they're talking about, like the NSA or whatever, like sort of adding too much production value, sort of glorifying the whole spy part of it. Right. Maybe that's what I was uncomfortable with. Yeah. I can see that. Hmm. Yeah, so that was my Star Trek of the. Actually, I was just thinking that uh, in the previous few episodes, there's been very little TV and movie talk, and that's because I became obsessed with the iMac and then Linux. And thanks to <laughs> thanks to Paul here uh, making my Doge, so I can be a Dogecoin millionaire. Yeah, um, <clears throat> which is slow going at best. Sl- sure. Slum Doge millionaire. Yeah. Oh, totally. Wow. <laughs> I think I mined for like three days. Uh, granted, it was only on this phone, which is probably like, <laughs> I don't know, six years old. Awesome. <laughs> and I don't I don't even think I, I think, I, I, you know, it would say like I had 50 shares, but that's not even a coin yet, probably. So, <laughs> um, and then I graduated to... Um, I ended up getting uh, an old laptop for my father-in-law, and that was a, another adventure I recently had. Was I'm going to install Arch Linux on this because I want to find out what all of this Arch Linux fun is about mm-hmm. from all these people online. And I installed it. Somehow, I did it. <laughs> and then when it came to, I picked a desktop environment, and I was cooking with gas, and then. When it went to, when I came to like, okay, let's install firmware and figure out some of these devices that still aren't working correctly. The first one I chose was Wi-Fi, which would be nice to not be tethered to the Ethernet cord. (laughs) So I installed the firmware and the drivers and there was like Wi-Fi tools in Linux, which was, or no Wi-Fi menu, which would just show me all the networks in my building and I click on mine and it makes the file that I need to then connect and then kernel panic. So I kept getting kernel panics and I did a lot of research and uh, a friend of the podcast, Mr. Jacob Cook of ArcOS, stepped in on social media and said, you know, if you need some help, let me know. And I took him up on that after eight hours of banging my head against the wall. (laughs) And so he came up with a pretty elegant solution, and that was in, to install Debian, uh, Debian Linux of some kind because apparently they use a different firmware mm. for a lot of devices. And I was like, so what is that going to tell us? And he's like, that's going to tell us if it'll work at all on this laptop. And I was like, so I can use Arch? And he's like, probably not if it works. <laughs> <laughs> so I booted up... Uh, Again, Linux is so cool because uh, I just had the Linux Mint from the iMac install, and I had that on USB key, so I plopped it onto the laptop, ran it in live CD mode, which is so awesome about Linux. Yeah. Selected my Wi-Fi network, connected just fine. So it was obviously like a firmware or driver issue with that particular version of Linux. So anyway... um, because I was going through all this issue, I just said, 
threw caution to the wind. And I said, you know what? As much as uh, I'm enjoying the iMac with its dullifying tones uh, with the fan running and making my music server run, let's go ahead and have it mine. So <laughs> I had the iMac mining, and then I set up this new, uh, this old laptop uh, with uh, Crunch Bang Linux, which is pretty fun. <laughs> and um, it's awesome. It's very much like Arch Linux, at least because I'm using the OpenBox uh, desktop environment. So it's very okay. minimalist. It's awesome. OpenBox is pretty sweet. Some of our, I really like it. Um, and uh, so that computer was mining. The iMac is mining. And I'm I'm doing okay, but they're both really old computers. <laughs> <laughs> and so one day I'm, I'm sitting here... Uh, frantically drawing out some storyboards and i just need to step away from my work for a bit and go okay so i need a break from all this uh thinking and i look over at the imac who is supposedly making me bank <laughs> and next to it uh and the ostracized to a small corner of this desk is my wife's laptop and i was like hey she's not home <laughs> <laughs> so i quickly installed a cpu miner on her computer and her computer even though it's old and she hates it is definitely two or three legs up from the other two computers i have running the mining because <laughs> hers is a core two duo so even though it's still um crappy cpu mining according to uh the fellow coin miners mm -hmm. um it does twice as much as the other two. It's like twice as fast. It's That's ridiculous. Funny. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. Like it said like 100%. Yeah, like when I woke up one day, it was at like, oh, yeah, I found like 46 in the iMac next to it. It was like, I've got 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cooking, boss. <laughs> so, so every time she, like every morning I would get up, I would start it mining. And then like she would send me a text message to say, I'm coming home. So then I know when to start dinner or whatever. And yeah. I'd be like, quick, got to turn the computer off. It's not mining. <laughs> nice. Uh, so I retired the Droid X, my cell phone from mining because it's pretty bad. <laughs> yes. Pretty much. I was telling my wife that... um you can double each of them. So it's like if you look at my what my phone can do, you can it like the iMac or this old laptop that I put Linux on will double what my little phone can do. And I was like, <laughs> and your laptop can double everybody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I was messing with um GPU mining on my iMac, um, and I was sort of like comparing GPU versus CPU mining. And on my iMac, the uh, graphics card is so um, because I think it's a it's a mobile graphics card basically right. in the iMac, and so it was not substantially faster than CPU mining. It was it was faster. Like if that's all I did, it would be faster. The difference is. If I'm CPU mining, I have a quad-core chip in this iMac, and so I can run three threads, and um, if I'm not GPU mining, I'm just CPU mining with three threads, the entire computer still feels blazingly fast to me. 
um, because I've still got an entire core that's just kind of handling everything that I'm interacting with. So in terms of like checking email and doing internet browsing or whatever, it's fine. Uh, now for our podcasting, I shut down the <laughs> shut down the <laughs> CPU miner and actually let the computer do work. Um, but if I go and turn on the GPU miner, even at a fairly low like threshold, so that it's not stressing out uh, the computer, the entire UI of the entire computer feels slow because it's so the UI is now so interleaved with using making use of the graphics card to make things snappy and fast that by doing GPU mining, just the whole thing just feels like you're bringing your computer to its knees when in reality you're bringing the graphics card to its knees, but everything else is doing just fine. And there's no reason that like scrolling should be hard. (laughs) So I just let it CPU mine all the time and nobody knows the difference. Uh, I can't tell the difference unless I am, you know, editing the podcast or doing something along those lines where I'm really using that CPU. But, um, that's that's just been my i getting not very much speed out of it anyway but uh it's still fun to just let it roll in the background all the time right yeah it was funny because i had read a few like threads here and there uh in forums and reddit that were like you know if you're gonna cpu mine for doge you might as well not you might as well just ask people for it or check out faucets (laughs) yeah Because it's so slow compared to GPU. And I was like, well, I've, you know, this this is a little project like box that I've made with Linux. So I'm going to probably do something else with it. But I was just going to try it. Just check it out, you know. Yeah. Um, And just playing around. So whatever. And then um, I started just one day, like, as I learned more, I went to a couple faucets. And at some point, I think I had like, you know nine nine coins that i had gotten just from faucets and yet um with my mining operation of like two computers and my crappy phone i had yet to actually get any payout from the pool (laughs) (laughs) so i was like huh they may have a point yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i uh when i was first mining uh so i'm on uh shiba pool um, mm-hmm. and when I was first mining with them, um, and it was just my iMac mining, I was getting a payout. I set my payout threshold at a thousand coins. Um, and I was getting a payout roughly every 24 hours. And wow. Yeah. And now the difficulty is such that I get a payout roughly every three or three to four days. Wow. Um, but that's you know, it is it is what it is. I think Friday is when the difficulty doubles, like the difficulty set to increase, um, specifically on Friday, and I think that is going to like cut everybody's yield rate in half, um, which nice. will be interesting. It it should I guess it it should, it'll do something to the value of the coin. We don't know if it'll you know, based on how the market responds to it, if it'll, if it'll send it higher because it's harder to mine or if it will send it lower because it's harder to mine and nobody wants to anymore. (laughs) 
Right. So we'll see how that see we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I for me, like I think you mentioned it before too. It's a it's kind of a nice introduction to cryptocurrencies and digital currency altogether because it's kind of funny the mainstream media or I guess this should say cable and network media. <laughs> They always seem to like freak out about the Bitcoin, about this and that. And it's like, it's like those people don't really like, they still think that the actual green paper in their wallet has some sort of like intrinsic gold, value, yeah. <laughs> gold value. Like, and it doesn't, there's no gold standard anymore. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> in a way, I could argue that my Dogecoin is worth as much as that paper. It might have been more to print the paper right so yeah so it's kind of interesting because obviously that's the way the future will be is some sort of currency like that's easily tradable not just paper i think is it uh two maybe two or four years from now i believe uh great britain's done with checks like no more checks period really yeah i remember seeing a program on that like they're fading out checks completely interesting i also read just today um i think it was uh i read the headline and perused the story but i didn't need to because i'm quite knowledgeable uh, <laughs> but gizmodo had a story about how the whole um target hack has finally convinced congress to go ahead and force visa mastercard and all the others to get chipped cards to the states like that's been around since the 90s in every other country in the world. Right. (laughs) So that's pretty exciting. So I guess starting like 2015, they want to start like no more regular magnetic strip cards. You guys will start getting chipped ones. Yeah, it's... um, The funny thing about that is that I am a backer on coin, the... um, the GetCoin uh, card where you program your other cards into it, and it is not uh, able to work with chipped cards right now. It's magnetic stripe only. So basically you're programming the magnetic stripe into the coin, and then you can switch between the different um, mm-hmm. stripes that you have uh, that you have programmed into it. So, I've, I mean, obviously it will take a long time for stripe reading credit card machines to go away in their entirety but um it's funny because it kind of automatically puts a longevity on how long i'll be able to use at least that revision one now um the folks at coin say hey we're uh you know we're working on a chipped version of this don't worry because they want to be used outside of the u.s um but uh but that version one will be like okay i'll get you know a year, two years out of this, we'll find out if it's a good proof of concept or not, and then uh, probably get another one if uh, if I like how it works for me. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I would be curious, like, <clears throat> how much of it would work and wouldn't work, because here, um, you know, just like every other piece of hardware in the world, like, the machines don't always cooperate, so... You know, if you can't use your chip here, then you just swipe the card. It still has a magnetic strip on it. And then you have to sign oh. like old school days. So, <laughs> yeah. So it's still, it's like got that magnetic strip as a backup all the time. So, Sure. 
Yeah, it works. I mean, the chip is amazing. And I think uh, when I was looking at the Gizmodo article, they were saying, you know, the, the one of the biggest problems with this is the fact that um, the infrastructure has to change and that's going to be expensive. And I was like, that's that'll be a fun little game for like visa and mastercard to play with people but at this point as far as i know like the few people i've known with small businesses is just like the old days of the xerox machine or this days still now they make the products so expensive that you have to lease them or rent them right yeah and that's what the visa guys do with those card readers in the store you know they say oh you can have this or we're going to lease it to you. So it's it shouldn't yeah, be that yeah. big of a cost. We'll just really. take a slightly higher percentage off of every single transaction. <laughs> you right. can have this machine. <laughs> yeah. So and and the one of the coolest things and I probably mentioned it before, but I know I did on my blog, one of my Canada blogs is that uh the nice thing about these machines that we have here is that they're portable and they either work on, so that could be expensive for a bar or restaurant to make sure they have like usable Wi-Fi, but, or a secure Wi-Fi <laughs> or, or however these machines work, if it's uh, some other encrypted uh, thing, but they're portable. So your credit card never leaves your site either. So the waitress goes and gets the machine, brings it back. You put your card in, you tip her and you leave. Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's really nice. Like, so, and that's kind of like the thing about the chip thing. It's not only does it like password protected with the chip, but the idea also is like, you never have to leave your card, like, because you're the one that has to input the code. So it, right. it's really cool. I, it, it's funny because as I um, as I talk about this awesome Canadian technology, uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually I think it was invented by an Italian. But uh, as I talk about um, the difference now in credit cards that will be coming to the U.S., um, not too long ago I was reading a post about um, how insecure uh, ATM cards are. And somebody from another country, I, I don't know if it was uh, Brazil or it, sound, it sounded like a, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was Latin America somewhere, but they were saying um, their security for their ATM card and for online banking, that's the other thing. It was for major thing was for online banking. So for online banking, this person, whatever country they were in, sorry, I'm not that informed received a keychain from their bank and so it's just like the um two-factor authentication protocols that some websites have Uh, so the key key keychain just has like a code that it cycles through and it tells you like here's your code and that'll work for you to log on for your online banking for the next like half hour or 15 minutes and then Hmm. and i was like wow that's a google authenticator kind of thing yeah, I was like, that's crazy secure. I like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not too, like, obsessed with, like, my online banking security, but that's it's cool that the bank went to that to that step, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I would, um, I mean, our, my, uh, my credit union, like, if you, 
if you hacked my account, A, there's not a whole lot of money in there anyway because um, <laughs> Squarespace hasn't paid us yet. But uh, <laughs> separately from that, there is like a cross-member transfer function that's built into the that's built into our online banking. So if you know somebody else who uh, is also in the credit union, um, you could like exchange information and then um, I could send them a transfer at no cost from member to member within Mm -hmm. the within the thing so there is you know kind of some risk that if somebody gets in there that they could um like i you know i don't i don't care if somebody logs into my bank account and sees sees how you know what my balances are and like who i pay my bills to regularly because even if you go in there like there's nowhere in my online banking where you could see my social security number or my full like here's the number of my debit card or something like that. There's there that just isn't in the back there. Um, might be bad because you could use the like routing number and my checking account number. If you wanted to like sign, sign me up for auto pay somewhere or something like that. But um, <laughs> I'm going to set myself up as a payee to a bill and then just put all your account money into that that's bill. right that's right of course then you'll have a step to look back and go oh okay i paid chris <laughs> he's right. the one that logged in and stole huh, the money i'm paying chris ten dollars <laughs> a month interesting because <laughs> you're my patron that's right through patreon.com patronize <laughs> us at patron patreon another uh, another sponsor yay <laughs> yes <laughs> the code for this one is sick days S I K K D A Y S. Oh yeah, since we're talking tech and we're having so much fun, yeah. Uh, I was listening to Fresh Air. I mean, uh, I was an NPR junkie when I lived in the states, and mm-hmm. um, now that I'm in Canada, I'm supposed to adapt to CBC, but um, <laughs> I just can't. I can't. Yeah. I swear, like, they all go to the same um, school of journalism in Canada, and it's all run. They all want to be, um, I can't remember his name because he's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart something, but he, he talks in a certain cadence. So, like, all their broadcasters talk that way. It's just crazy to me. They're, they're just like, oh, I, I don't even know if I can do it right now. It's like as soon as I get in my wife's car, I'm like, really? Here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very like sing songy cadence. Uh, hmm. I need I need a I need a story to mock. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Montreal sauce has acquired some sponsors. <laughs> like they just they draw out the lat I don't know. It's it's really awkward. I can't uh, totally hear myself right now, but it's it's awful. And so anyway, I'm listening to Fresh Air and uh, through a podcast, and uh, they're talking to a law professor who wrote a book called Captive Audience, The Telecom Industry and Monopoly Power in the Gilded Age. Wow. <laughs> Go memory. Nice. It was by uh, this law professor. Her name is Susan Crawford. I'm cheating. I have notes now. Um, 
<laughs> and the so, book was published in. <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! You got me. Uh, and she was talking about internet speeds in the United States, and she said the United States is a third world country when it comes to internet speeds. And mm-hmm. I was like, what? Yes. Um, Except for was... the ring around my house, there's like a ring around my house <laughs> that's like first world country right here. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. When I was going to college, um, and I lived in that same town that you lived at, you live in now. Yes, <laughs> there was a, an abundance of internet there because it's a farm community, so only college kids have internet in that community. <laughs> That's true. I almost thought like we should get DS- DSL because we'd be the only customer, so it'd probably be pretty fast. <laughs> um. But yeah, she was talking about how internet speeds in the U.S. are pretty much like a third world country compared to other countries. And um, it basically it comes to back to some of the net neutrality stuff that we discussed uh, last week. That, uh, mm-hmm. that the cable providers now provide the high speed internet and they're not... Um, they don't come under the same legislation that the telecom industry does. And she pointed out like, right. you know, when the telephone first came out, it sort of took over the world. And basically the Congress passed laws to make sure that everybody was able to get telephone to their home. And that's never been done with internet at all. And especially high speed internet. So um, that's kind of interesting. Um, and she, what I thought was, you know, she's talking a lot about how legislation needs to change. But uh, basically, when they deregulated the whole high speed Internet um, issues in the U.S., the person who was one of the key players in that uh, left the FCC after that. And he now is in the C-suite, maybe CEO, maybe chief something or other at yeah. comcast oh okay <laughs> crazy yeah <laughs> uh anyway um but besides regulation she just mentioned that there's a lot of uh interest like a bunch of mayors in big cities have an interest in uh building their own system and she pointed out that in stockholm sweden they have uh gigab gigabit internet service for everyone there because hmm. it's all fiber right right and it was all built by the city <clears throat> the city um and the people in the city uh paid like a millage or a bond to put this all in hmm. but then the city itself doesn't run it they lease it out to providers so when you move into a place in stockholm uh. You have like six or seven internet providers to choose from when you move in, and they're all probably under twenty twenty five bucks a month. Wow! <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. She said it's crazy, and um, she said people in Seoul also have internet that's probably a hundred times faster than what we have in the states. And she said um, when they come to the U.S. It's like a lazy vacation for them. She's like, I, people I talk to because they can't stay in touch or do the things that they normally do because <laughs> the internet's too slow. Yeah. I was like, 
that's really eye-opening because I'm from America and we're the best. Uh, America. <laughs> right. America. Uh, yeah. But she said we basically just start to need, we, we take it, other countries take it for granted like a normal utility like gas and electric. And she's like, we really need to start doing that with this. And it, yeah. it, was, it was very interesting. Like the, the Sweden thing was pretty cool. Like they just said, we don't want to pay the expensive telephone company for internet anymore. So we're just going to build our own system. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And I learned that uh, Verizon pretty much is the only company that offers fiber optics, uh, yep. fiber optic internet in the U.S. Um, through their FiOS thing. But what I didn't know is uh, that they only cover about 14% of the U.S. And they announced last year that they're not laying any more cable. Yeah. They're done. <laughs> yeah. Because they want to concentrate on mobile, which you'll never get high-speed internet sir, um, as much as you could from a line. Right, right. So, yeah, an actual fiber line coming into your house is going to definitely carry much more speed than, I mean, LTE. LTE is is great. Um, it's certainly better than um, dial up or even DSL. I mean, it's kind of on par with like a low end cable. If you've got a good signal, LTE is pretty great. But um, yeah, it's 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 low end cable internet, and I've got high end cable internet, which uh, is kind of maxing out in the hundred megabit range, and that's that's pretty that's pretty solid. I mean, that's at the point where my local network actually has a can potentially be the the real bottleneck. If um, you know, if I had some older networking equipment. It might. It's there's a possibility that my networking equipment might be old enough that it's not keeping up with my cable modem potentially, but um, for the most part, I have gigabit stuff inside my house, and so then I've got a uh, hundred megabit going out, but I'm paying um, a crazy oh, amount of money right. for it, and yeah. <clears throat> um, like. $25, uh, $25 a month would be an amazing um, oh, yeah. uh, internet bill to have, um, even for the service that I have now, let alone uh, a gigabit of fiber, which would be 10 times faster yet than what I have right now. So um, I would love it if a city like Grand Rapids would, uh, would do something uh, along those lines, like, hey, let's just, <laughs> let's just wire this whole city and like you said lease it to the uh lease it lease it to the providers and let the providers um handle you know like billing customers and figuring out the service and and maintaining the maintaining what's been um laid hooking it up and all of that stuff but um it was what's really great what what she mentioned that I kind of glazed over is if you look at it like a utility, um, the great thing is you have to think about, um, she mentioned developers. So if you're a startup in the United States, not only do you have to deal with the fact that you're a startup in late nights because there's only three employees and you're trying to make it with a ton of other startups, but you also have to deal with whoever you're quote-unquote high-speed internet provider is that comes yes. to your base 
because if you're running something off of a server or whatever for your app or whatever you're developing, that becomes a big problem. And she said, when you think of it as utility, simply think of electricity. Like every business has the same like fair, you know, right access to electricity so it's not like one company gets better electricity than another and i was like that's a really interesting point it's good yeah so yeah i will and with and with a connection that's a gigabit connection you could actually reasonably host a small uh you know startup web firm without having to go like bang down amazon's door and try to get your stuff in their data center you know Right. That a gigabit connection would would get you to uh, a a pretty decent number of users uh, and at least be able to help you prove your concept before you start like shelling out big bucks to a data center to host. Um, it's going to at least get you to the point where now processing power is the concern and not your networking capacity, <laughs> and you're going to need to do more than just. <laughs> have use a couple of boxes hacks. on the shelf yeah use your droid <laughs> use your droid hex right <laughs> i built my new blogging engine on my raspberry pi and i have a thousand users and none of them can log in right now <laughs> <laughs> oh nice yeah so that's that's what I've been doing, uh, folks, because there hasn't been uh, much as far as TV lately, I don't think, to really watch. I'm struggling through Helix still, mm-hmm. although every time that I watch it, I get a little more frustrated, which means that I'm not into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're, bottle, they're at a, an, an awesome an awesome laboratory in the Arctic. And then, like I mentioned before, they have someone who got loose that's sick and he got loose in the ventilation system, your typical movie TV show (laughs) thing. But I'm thinking in a biological facility where you test deadly things that the air filter system should be a little more substantial than ductwork. But that's just me. And then... The people who they think are sick, they put them all in one room together and then you get the mob mentality, which I can sort of see, but I'm also like, supposedly these are the greatest minds in the world working in this lab. So I have a hard time seeing them go into mob mentality. Right. Like I would At least in the span of a single episode, right? Exactly. Like <laughs> I might have like a guy saying, maybe can we help in some way? We're all very smart. We could look at this virus. Um, instead of having them like rally and try to destroy things and and then in the latest episode that i just watched uh because the security team wouldn't let them into the infected patient area which is a floor below um (laughs) and you can't possibly use the ventilation system because that's been done before uh this guy found some thermite in a lab and so he cut a hole in the floor and then put a ladder down Hmm. and i was like um again i don't think a biological facility should be that easy to get through the floor i think (laughs) i think they would have more than like a styrofoam like ceiling (laughs) 
<laughs> drop a drop ceiling. That's what I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I think right. there might be a different sort of layer in between floors, so you can contain the sick people below. But that's just me, right? <laughs> so yeah, I've been I've been trying to watch that because it's a Ronald D. Moore show. Um, I was just introduced to a new character who is Cat from Battlestar Galactica. Oh, okay. So um, it's interesting because I was afraid she might be playing Cat, but she's actually a different character. And she looks different somehow. I think it's the hair, but I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. So that was fun. And uh, yeah, I've been still hitting the documentaries, like I suggested a few episodes ago. And uh, we did manage to catch um, her. Saw that movie. Ah, okay. Uh, starring um, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, John Oates mustache. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. I use that word too much, so that might mean it's not very good. <laughs> <clears throat> it's okay. It's an okay film. It's different. Uh, you're definitely not like uh gonna know what's happening or what i mean it's a little harder to guess what's happening hmm. uh so the colors are all very interesting it's it's spike jones you know he's directed a number of music videos and other very bizarre projects he did a lot of stuff for the beastie boys and so i feel like this guy i think he's done some skate videos and stuff so I feel like he's got this like young, like creative energy. And I don't feel like I've seen lots of images and stuff about him. Like you would about Spielberg or other people. Okay. And so then I was watching, uh, last month I was watching on Netflix, the increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret. <laughs> and, um, I saw his name in the credits a couple times and I realized that he was acting in that show. And then when I realized what character he was, I was like, that's Spike Jones. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I have this like crazy, like Andy Warhol image and <laughs> something in my head. <laughs> he's playing this like, anal retentive nerd in the show. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Huh. But uh, yeah, the, her operating system is, far superior to windows eight <laughs> which is like saying scarlett johansson is far superior to windows eight <laughs> right <laughs> uh, i don't think anybody would disagree with that <laughs> it's it's not a bad film it's just uh and i don't really think it's like weird visuals or art for art's sake kind of stuff in it but i feel like there's so much of it that maybe you could get that way like it could do is with some more editing maybe oh okay otherwise it's it's pretty good like i feel like uh and i'm just because i know probably too little of his history i feel like because he's done so many projects that maybe have been short form mm. like in this longer sort of a, a feature length film that he, I feel like sometimes the, 
I don't want to say random, the purposeful shots of exteriors and things like that are not needed sometimes, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I like the angles of this building and that building. And so he's going outside. Let's show this shot. And so they show him going outside established. I don't need that shot now, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's just being really nitpicky. And then we watched uh, Dallas Buyers Club, which was pretty great. So yeah, I, I really liked that. And I'm I've always been sort of a terrible uh, man crush on the weirdness that is Matthew McConaughey, but um, just <laughs> yeah. just to like he's so like you know he's done a lot of films where he's like the <laughs> jocular. Uh, everyone likes character and then he does those films where he's just in those like intense like i'm a lawyer role but uh he did definitely have like a another personality that was hard not to like in this film but just the amount of weight that he must have like shred shed to play that part was insane <laughs> like because he's supposed to be suffering from hiv so he was like pencil thin and oh, yeah. i was i was like scared for him as a person <laughs> i was like holy cow and what after a while i was like i'm sure they're just dressing him in baggy clothes to make it appear that he's thinner than he was but there's a few scenes where he ends up in the hospital and he's just in a hospital gown and i was like holy cow what it that's like dedication <laughs> yeah yeah but, so but it was definitely a good movie too it uh it was because it's probably based on uh true events um it doesn't exactly have like a happy ending or a sad ending really so mm. that's kind of weird i mean it doesn't like doesn't have the hollywood ending he doesn't get the dog and the kids and the picket fence, but um, <laughs> it, it doesn't have the, like, you know, the M. Night Shyamalan, like, surprise ending either. It's just sort of like, this is the story so far. This is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so hmm. that'd be my media intake, I believe, recently. Nice. And also, thanks to you, I've been listening to lots of audiobooks when I don't have a podcast. So after I graduated from Shatner, I moved into, uh, I'm listening to, it's quite fitting for uh, me stranded in Canada, but uh, I'm listening to American on Purpose by Craig Ferguson. <laughs> nice. Um, it's it's interesting because I like his show when I can stay up that late or see clips online. Sure. I think we, we talked about this a million years ago when we worked together, but um, he is so great at improv and I can see why like yeah. that's, that's what he does because his book is not improv. <laughs> <laughs> not that it's not entertaining. I mean, it's his life story. So obviously everything can't be like a, a gag, but uh it's definitely different to hear him scripted doing his own book than to like see him improv. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's interesting. But the fun thing that I ran into in listening to that is that um, he was huge into punk. 
in his youth. And so he learned to play the drums and had a couple of bands. And once he moved from the punk scene, actually, once he, uh, I don't want to say moved to the punk scene. He was in the punk scene, but then he moved to Glasgow. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I think so. And uh, he went to see a band and his girl at the time and him were both a little drunk. And they said, you know, this is uh, our last gig because our drummer's leaving. So his girlfriend tracked them down in the parking lot and said, my boyfriend can drum and he's awesome. (laughs) And so they gave him an audition. He got in the band. They were called the Dream Boys, I think. Hmm. It's kind of a funny name for a punk band. But the lead singer, who then actually pushed him onto stage and they did like a little comedy routine, his first try at comedy, um, (laughs) that lead singer was Peter Capaldi, the next doctor. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. So it was like crazy small world in Glasgow, I guess. That is, yes. I was like, crazy, the next doctor. (laughs) we'll get to see him sometime in two years or so yes exactly yeah that uh i'm uh a i do enjoy uh craig ferguson although uh i yes do not stay up that late to watch it so usually it's like clips on youtube or whatever i find whenever there's uh you know an interesting guest on or something like that um B, I am certainly looking forward to uh, Peter Capaldi. Um, they uh, they had some uh, photos on, or I saw I saw them on Reddit, but I think it was just like press release photos of here's look at Peter Capaldi in the new outfit that the doctor's gonna wear, and uh, it's funny because it looks very like um second or third doctor ish like really old school um kind of uh suit as opposed to the sort of hipster doctor that we had with um <laughs> with Matt Smith the bow tie and then you know uh skinny boy pinstripe costume that we had with uh with the 10th doctor this one is this one is kind of going back to like Second Doctor, Third Doctor, um, kind of old school suit, wool suit kind of thing. It'll be fun. It, it, I'm really hoping that the show goes an entirely new direction uh, with the new Doctor because I think it's a good time for uh, for a reset of what's going on with it. We are. I finally got the wife through. Almost all of the reboot. Um, I think we have the last episode. Actually, I think there's it's a two-parter, isn't it? The last. Um, yeah, it's a, we have two more to go um, for mm-hmm. David Tennant. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, so we have to deal with the master. Hope she's not listening. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we, we've gotten that far. Um, it's it's definitely interesting to rewatch. Like, oh wow, River Song just died. So, <laughs> and yet, I've yes. seen her in the next season. Um, right. Time time travel is all timey wimey. That's right. Uh, but um, I just noticed something the other day, and 
I failed to make it my social media post so that millions of my followers could favorite it. Right. Because, uh, again, <laughs> we're terrible at social media. Yeah. So <laughs> I realized that the writers for the Doctor Who, since 2005, the reboot, um, the all the writers suffer from terrible mommy issues. <laughs> Rose Tyler's mom is the suck. Yep. <laughs> Agreed. Even the show makes fun of it when you get to the episode where there's the Dr. Donna. Yes. And the TARDIS can be piloted for real with everyone at a station. And David Tennant says, Jackie, no. You just stand over here. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. No, no, no. <laughs> just go over here. Right. Martha's mom is almost an arch villain. Yeah. Uh and then and and Donna's mom is just an atrocious woman to deal with as well. Yes. And then you get to Amy, who doesn't have a mom, and and uh our newest one, Clara, doesn't have a mother either. Right. So we're and- just like Let's get rid of the mom issues. Right. And you've got River, who never really knew her mom, right? That's true. And you've got Mickey, who just had his gram. Yep. Yep. And Rory has a dad. Did we ever meet his mom? I don't think we ever met his mom. Brian, his dad. I like his dad. He's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My wife is actually uh, one of my friends who I got into Doctor Who. Um, that you he came to the I Like Juice podcast. Tim, yeah, he he was hesitant and he they, he decided to watch it because of the fiftieth anniversary buzz all over. Everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh!" And so yeah. they started watching it, and they actually got through it before we did. I was quite surprised. <laughs> like he enjoyed it, so he's like, "It's not that bad. I like it," but. He was saying, you know, are you playing this game on your phone? And I was like, no. (laughs) I I don't know what it is still, but it's a Doctor Who game. And it's like one of these jewel games. Oh, okay. I I have no idea what it's called. I'm bad. But maybe I'll figure it out for show notes. But I told my wife that uh, he was playing this game and she should check it out. In fact, I probably downloaded it on her phone because she likes Doctor Who so much. (laughs) And... Uh, she doesn't listen, so I can go ahead and say it. That's pretty much all she does now. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. You, you can win um, characters to add, and then you, I guess, you have to pick and choose which characters, and they all have their own little powers. But oh, okay. One, one day she won Brian. That's where I thought of it. And <laughs> nice. She's like, "Who's Brian Williams?" And I was like, "Williams." Oh, I was like, "That's Rory's dad." Right. So yeah. Isn't he the guy from Nightline? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because my brain like made that connection first, but I was trying to dig deeper into my uh, into my brain to some older files, and I do believe that there's <laughs> a Tekken character named Brian Williams as well. Oh yeah, there could be. Because I used to like to be him just because he had like. A scary laugh. <laughs> he would always he like punch people and he'd go. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of maniacal. Nice. 
he did this what was it called like the fish hook or something i don't know <laughs> he did this like uh if you think uppercut punch but instead of like punching someone in the chin he punched them in the gut and then lifted them up and threw them over his head wow like all in one motion sweet oh, oh i think i failed to mention he was part cyborg okay it's <laughs> <laughs> starting to make more sense <laughs> <laughs> oh that's perfect got it magic yep <laughs> you said fish hook and i immediately thought fish ladder because that's what we have here grand rapids <laughs> <laughs> i was like fish hook that's not a fish hook it's weird oh that's not a fish hook <laughs> <laughs> oh hey, governor <laughs> that's not a knife that's just a knife <laughs> yeah. that's not a podcast that's not a podcast it's a half duff <laughs> you half duffer <laughs> this is the part of the show where Paul does accents and Chris <laughs> mimics horribly strazwici <laughs> kamaradzi He's not knowing what he says. <laughs> it's hard to understand. <laughs> I said, hello, friend. In mother tongue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Actually, Careful. I'm not sure what comrade even really uh, translates to. Comrade, I guess. <laughs> Probably. That's your like Chevy I'll Chase moment. <laughs> your like Chevy Chase moment. You're like, oh yeah, I'll just translate this. Quiche means quiche. Huh? Something's wrong. This thing must be broken. <laughs> right. <laughs> Filet mignon is Filet mignon. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ah. Ah, uh, so what else? Yes. What else indeed? Yeah, I haven't uh I haven't taken partaken in oh I last night the wife and I <laughs> I'm laughing before I say it. <laughs> uh last night the wife and I watched Man of Tai Chi. Okay. I saw trailer for this film uh, a while ago and it aroused my curiosity um <laughs> and it was on amazon and i was gonna snap it up and uh buy it and watch it um but amazon has uh taken to being a little more grumpy with the way that i tell it that i'm in the united states and not canada uh, <laughs> so it actually i think it works better now but uh, i was having some issues before um and so then and plus i think it 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 ended up being like on amazon prime and i'm no longer a prime member so then i was like i'm not gonna pay for this if it's free on prime um <laughs> But now it's on Netflix, and uh, my friend uh, Wook recommended it. 
and he recommended it as in, have you seen that? It's okay. <laughs> uh, and the trailer that I saw was in English and has Keanu in it. And I'm a sucker for Keanu. Sure. Uh, there's a, there's definitely a problem here, you know? I'm a sucker for Ryan Reynolds, Keanu, and Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Pardon me, I'll be right back. I have to go talk to my wife. Uh, so, um, so then I was really surprised when we started watching the movie and there were subtitles. And the movie was produced in, um, I don't, I think it might have been Thailand. I wasn't paying attention. Sorry, hmm. but there was lots of. Um, Asian characters on the screen um, mm-hmm. when the titles came up and then they were translated into English. So, uh, And I think the reason I was interested in it to begin with, I didn't realize until the end of the film, it was directed by Keanu. So, oh, really? I don't know the backstory if Keanu was so... Um, enthralled by his martial arts training in The Matrix... Go ahead. No, you're not going to say, I know Kung Fu. Oh. oh <laughs> Show yeah. me. It's been too No, my first, my first thing was going to be, whoa. That was really <laughs> the only thing I had for Keanu. You just said Keanu. That's the only line that comes back. No way. Uh, <laughs> Esquire. Yeah. Yeah. I did make my wife watch those movies because she'd never seen them when I like got here like uh, in September of last year or something like that. Which one of those do you like better? Short aside. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that is one of the rare occasions in the world where I almost feel like Bill and Ted's Part Two is better than the first one. Yeah. I, it just had, it's very entertaining and yes. maybe it's it's not the only case in the world because like a lot of sequels you don't have to spend time for character development you can get right into the story so yeah maybe yeah. that's why it flows so well but death is hilarious yes i love the i love the games with death and, and then I, I was just going to say we're like when you were like that's the only thing i have is whoa i was going to say like I do love the robot Bill and Ted too, like because yes. they were Bill and Ted, so they were like, <laughs> "We're totally gonna kill you, dudes!" <laughs> and then high fiving each other. So, yeah, <laughs> it was hilarious. And then they build, they build the much shoddier robot Bill and Ted. Yeah, good robot Bill and Ted. Yeah, station, station. <laughs> Yeah, those I have not seen those in a long time. I'm gonna have to go back and watch those again. But it's they survived well. Like when I was watching with my wife, I had a good time, and yeah, I was surprised. Like, and I wasn't. I mean, some of it was like you're like, wow, 80s. But then, like you know, <laughs> the future movie is like so silly, like the fashions and stuff in the second sure. one that it was like the first one. You can just throw it out. It's all just a weird, funny movie. Yeah. 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 But anyway, right. Keanu. So back to, uh, yeah. He directed this Man of Tai Chi movie. And I was just saying, I don't know if like he fell in love with Kung Fu so much on the set of The Matrix that 
when he decided that he was going to do another film, he wanted to do it with the people that make Kung Fu movies. And so (laughs) he specifically went there to do it. Or if no one in Hollywood would make this movie, uh, could be, I think I like to think it was the first one. So (laughs) maybe it was a prep movie for 47 Ronin. Maybe. Yes, that could be it. But he, uh, it's, it's an interesting film. <laughs> There's that word again. Uh, it it was okay for a kung fu movie. It it lacked a little bit of plot, which is all kung fu movies. <laughs> and um, the great part that is not so great is that Keanu is the bad guy. Okay. And I mean, I listeners. I mean, mom. Um, (laughs) my thing with, uh, bad guys is it's easy to be bad. You just have to be the opposite of who you are unless you're me. So you can be (laughs) a bad guy. Like Paul can easily stop laughing and be a total jerk and congratulations. I don't think there are too many actors out there who deserve accolades for being mean because it's easy to be mean. (laughs) Sure. And so, um, like, I'm a horrible person because I don't think, like, uh, Heath Ledger's, like, performance in The Dark Knight was, like, jaw-dropping, but that's just me. So that's another an example of someone who, like, played a bad guy and everyone's like, that is the best performance ever. I'm like, it's really easy to be crazy and bad. <laughs> right, yeah. So, but it's not for a lovable character like Keanu. (laughs) When he says mean things or does mean things in Man of Tai Chi, you're just like, you're so silly, Keanu. (laughs) And and he does some like, some weird things. Like he, he really, he's televising these fights. Um, And of course it's like a fight to the death, but the, our friendly fighter who's the hero doesn't know this. And so when he gets worked up into a fury and he looks like he's going to like hurt this guy, like Keanu like leans forward in his chair, like someone on top gear who's learning out how fast they went around the track. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and then he gets all excited. And the first time it looks like we're actually going to see someone actually die in a Kung Fu fight. Like, Keanu like does this like scary like his mouth gets really like he opens it big like Mick Jagger and he's like ha and you're just like <laughs> what just happened that was like totally not you Keanu like I don't even care if you're supposed to be a bad guy that didn't even look like your face like I think they CG'd over top of you because you were too busy like being like cool Keanu Reeves doing an Al Pacino impression yeah yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hoorah. <laughs> <laughs> hoorah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so it it was weird. I mean, anytime Keanu wants to be mad, he just does like sort of uh, a sideways like matrix stare at the camera for a second. Like that's his like. <laughs> that's all he, you know. now i'm angry keanu 
I'm going <laughs> to show you like my profile. Uh, so it was that part was like bad. I'm like, wow, I thought anybody could be mean. And now I have to relook this uh, whole theory because <laughs> Keanu can't be mean. He's a good guy. He is. He's fundamentally a good guy. Yep. And I mean, I've just seen too many sad Keanu memes on the internet. So <laughs> he can't possibly be angry. He's too sad. Yes. Or bewildered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great that you mentioned that because I would think that that's one of his best skills in acting is bewildered. <laughs> his bewilderment, yes. And yet, like, when he does it, it's effortless. <laughs> you know, like, right. if I were to do bewildered because I um, I would probably ham it up, I would have to attempt some kind of crazy triple take. But Keanu can just change his eyes and the position of the corners of his mouth, and you know he's bewildered. <laughs> You're right. The right. only other person who has that superpower in acting is Tom Cruise, right? He does bewilderment, too. Yeah, he does. It might not even be totally bewilderment. Tom Cruise is much better at the, um, I'm putting the pieces together in my head face, right? Like, right he does that the camera sits on his face and you just realize it's finally dawned in him what's been happening for the last hour and a half that you've already known yes yes every mission impossible movie yes <laughs> you see this face at least three times yes yeah yeah it's so funny he's so good at it they just look for reasons to make him do that <laughs> right I just want to like direct him in a bad parody where I'm just like, so do you want to know what's for lunch? And then have him do that face. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're not going to feed me tuna salad again, are you? I'm afraid it's tuna salad. <laughs> <laughs> Bewilderment. I love it. Yeah. It's a new emotion. Correct. That, that data <laughs> hopes to feel. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For once, I do not know the answer. <laughs> That's his bewilderment. <laughs> he just states that as a fact. <laughs> While looking at Jordy. <laughs> data and Jordy. <laughs> That's right. It's like a buddy comedy waiting to happen. <laughs> It really is. It really is. I like the uh um I like the Star Trek TNG S eight because almost every um almost every variation on like a fake Star Trek the Next Generation episode has a one of the lines is the A plot and it's usually either about Picard or Worf or or Wesley Crusher. But the B plot is always about Geordi and, and <laughs> <laughs> and data <laughs> getting into some kind of shenanigans <laughs> and then in voyager they tried to push that whole like buddy system on tom and harry yeah that they're like best buds they're yeah they're like best buds and it's like yeah but they're both humans like i can i can watch two best bud humans on pretty much any other show on television <laughs> right right <laughs> except <Yeah>. science fiction shows 
and they they really went out on a stretch too to have like tom be obsessed with like 20th century like science fiction <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> or tv shows or culture it yeah. was like oh good good job yeah yeah <laughs> you can't invent like you know Kling- Worf has klingon opera right there's like cultural things that they're into and instead tom is into yeah the 50s yeah yeah it was like oh okay <laughs> a plus one for you not doing like he's into the 2000s so yeah it could be easier yeah. for you <laughs> and why isn't i i just feel like that could have been much better if it was um like he and the tom and the doctor are are from that show not the doctor um <laughs> become uh become uh you know unlikely friends like odd couple kind of friends I think that would have been a much funnier and more interesting. Like they they did have this like relationship where they don't like each other in the in in like the first season, but I think the writers just kind of gave up on that. Um and then the doctor becomes this like he has a lot of stories where he's a standalone character and they he does a great job. I I really like uh Robert Picardo as uh as the doctor on that show, but he never plays off of anybody very well until um until seven of nine and even that isn't really that like there just isn't that that much there. So he never really establishes I don't feel like that character ever establishes a real relationship um with any of the other characters. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah. That's true. They're um you just mentioned uh, Jerry, seven of nine. She is. She was in the little teaser for the next episode of Helix, so ah. she'll be she'll be in there. That'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm still trying to like the show, but it's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah speaking of shows, I'm trying to like. I don't think I've watched uh, Agents of Shield in a very long time. No. I was wondering if it was back. My wife and I, I don't think, know that I ever mentioned it. Um, we started watching The Other Doctor, Dr. McCoy, uh, uh, in, in Almost Human. Ah, uh, okay. And for a network show, it's okay. Because <laughs> yeah. I've, I've stated it before. Like I feel like networks... Uh, they're always making facsimiles of things. They never like go on the edge and try sure. something different. Yeah. Um, so like a lot of the cable networks seem to do a good job with shows because they push the limit and things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You're not, you're not going to get a mad men out of NBC or Fox. Right. But I mean, in fairness, fringe was kind of out there for them. So it was Sure. Uh, and to 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 even like let Fringe go on for as long as it did, because I don't think the ratings were ever that great, and let it finish was really awesome. But... Yeah, yeah. I mean, Fringe. I, I I think you could say there's a lot of groundwork laid for Fringe in um, X Files. Yeah. Um, but it had been a good number of years between X Files and and X Files. I guess to be fair, never really finished its run on TV either. I mean, they kind of tried to wrap up some of the storylines with the movie that they did, and 
there's always talk that they'll do another movie, but um, I think there's some groundwork laid for that, and that's kind of Fox's MO, is to be a, maybe a little bit more edgy than the other networks. Um, but yeah. then they, like, find a groove and then let The Simpsons go on for 25 million years. So, <laughs> Fox is Nintendo. I said it. Okay. <laughs> How about another Mario game? Um, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but Almost Human is not a bad show. It's quite entertaining. The episodes are tight. Um, nice. But, but it because it's Fox... I think we watched the first four episodes and then it was like in two weeks, the next episode's coming on because we're showing something else or, yeah, right. you know, or maybe we've finally decided to release like another episode in this season of the Simpsons, you know, um, <laughs> I, I couldn't, I kind of got sick of the Simpsons after a while, but then I can't believe it's still going. And then be like, I can't believe that fans even know when it's on because I feel like there's like five reruns on Sundays and then a new yeah. episode and then five right. reruns. I totally understand how hard it is to make animation. Yeah. But I'm just saying like there's they're so not much consistent. of the Simpsons now and there's so much of it in syndication that it's on. Yeah. It's it's the it's the new Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like you can't flip channels and not hit it at some point. <laughs> right, but I'm assuming like even on like the Sundays when you're supposed to see the new episodes, right. they do There'll so many three. reruns like yep. <clears throat> um because they don't they don't have the whole season done, you know. Right. Uh anyway, but uh so so Fox did something like that to us and I realized we haven't been watching Almost Human. Actually, she realized it and mentioned it to me. So I'm going to have to dig up some back episodes so we can watch it, but uh Yeah. I think they're up to like episode eight now, but it's an all right show. All right. Well, what were you saying you were trying to watch? Uh, I think we were going to get back. I was going to try to get back into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't That's know right. where I where I left off on that. I think I was like at episode eight or nine. I don't know if you had seen much much of it beyond the last time we talked about it, but... Yeah, I feel like they went on like a little hiatus too, didn't they? I think they did, yeah. But I think and they're so back that's to the last time I. More. Yeah, mm. and I'm not sure that I had seen all of the ones up to the hiatus even. So, because uh, we just got out of the habit of watching it and into the habit of going to bed immediately when the girls were in bed. <laughs> yes, understandable. I I, I deal with that as well. <laughs> my wife usually goes to bed at uh, 10 p.m um because she gets up so early to go prep at school and so oh sure yeah so then i i used sometimes i would stay up but then that was the evil husband thing to do so <laughs> sometimes i would go to bed with her and read and be that guy with the light on jerk face oh sure but then occasionally I'll then slip into her schedule and then that'll last for like a month or so. So I will wake up at bright and early at 7 a.m. and go, yeah. Oh, I don't have to go to work. Why am I up this early? <laughs> <laughs> but it's all for you listeners because then, you know, I can get on the social media when you're there because I'm two hours behind. So That's right. Or That's you're right. two hours behind. I'm two hours ahead. No, you're two hours ahead. 
I always get that confused because I used to live there. <laughs> <laughs> you used to be in the time zone that mattered. Right. And so my brain um, <laughs> still lives there. And so like when I used to have to think about the time difference, it was because I wanted to contact my wife. Yeah. Like, okay, there it's this time. So now whenever I think about contacting my friends, I'm like, okay, so I'm two hours ahead. Oh no, I'm behind. Am I ahead or am I? <laughs> I get... <laughs> yeah. I'm only a core duo as well as my machine. Not a core two duo. <laughs> Not a core two duo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think this is a mm. good spot to wrap it up. It is. I agree. It's about that time. Yeah. Uh, I am at Paul D on Twitter, as well as app.net, as well as uh, cupcake.io, as well as Huff Duffer. <laughs> Brand awareness at Paul D. <laughs> I am also at Paul D. Oh, <laughs> but only on Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> Are you are you at Paul D at Citibank? Just kidding. Um, and your password—that's that's would one be... where I don't carry that over. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the stupidest username to have the same name at my bank. That's why I use my Twitter name as my password. So I'm at. I am at sick days. That's with two K's instead of a C, if that made any sense. On sure. the tw Twitter and on the AppNet and on the... You can find me on Google Plus using that probably. Uh, <laughs> some other places, I'm sure. Uh, unless they're saying something you don't like, then that's not me. They're a horrible impersonator. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for listening to episode 10 yes you made it through episode 10 the wrath of Khan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> episode 10 nemesis <laughs> <laughs> and we have to apologize because in if you did listen to episode 9 like thank you but also <laughs> I think we did make a promise to only talk in this episode in commercial um, oh, jingles. Oh, that's right. And yeah. we failed you on that. So I'm sorry. Because <laughs> we decided we actually wanted to have a conversation. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and have a releasable length podcast. <laughs> By Menon. So... <laughs> oh, releasable length. That's his cue. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> All right. It's the end of the show. So thanks for listening. Good. Oh, look. It's tonight's T-shirt was the Flux Capacitor. The Flux Capacitor. <laughs> nice. I will put a link on that uh, on the show notes because, uh, hey, there's nothing more professional about our podcast than ha have like a section that says Chris's wardrobe provided by $6 shirt.com. <laughs> Dr. Emmett Brown. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. One time a man fell off of his toilet and he sketched something and I'm wearing it on my shirt and it doesn't look like poop. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>
Ta-da! There's the clip that you play in the beginning. That's right. Um, there's the intro <laughs> clip. Perfect. <laughs> All and right. now you've listened to the whole thing to come back to it.